Hello and welcome to another episode of the Startup Operator Roundup. I'm Roshan Karyapa. And I'm Gunjan Saha. And together we'll be breaking down the biggest headlines from India's growing startup ecosystem. In today's episode, we'll be discussing Mr. Narayan Murthy's comments on how India's work culture needs to change. Now, Roshan and I are split in our opinion. So we'll be trying to find some common ground. No points for <laughs> guessing who's on what side of the divide there. But yeah, yeah. we'll see. Next, we'll also be discussing the recent announcements which Airtel and Jio made at the Indian Mobile Congress. Very soon, we may have our own Starlink services. Mm, interesting. And, well, probably you're listening to this episode on the day Mama Earth IPO is getting announced. So, we'll be sharing our insights on what's our take on the stock. Moving on, we'll be speaking about Rapido's new strategy to venture into the cab hailing and hyperlocal delivery services taking on the likes of Uber and Ola. And well, um, if you have been using Instagram, LinkedIn uh, in the past few weeks, then I'm sure you would have seen a one card ad and uh, their fiscal results were announced and they spent 1000 crores to earn 500 crore rupees in FY 2023. If you haven't seen the ad, one card, one card, one card. <laughs> I'm sure you'll yeah, see it now. The, uh, the mobiles will pick it up. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we're going to get ads for sure, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My phone is right here. <laughs> Alright, so stay tuned as we break down these topics and uh, before we begin, please uh, do like this video, share this video so that, you know, the algorithm will ref refer our content to more viewers like you. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this channel for regular updates. Another thing before we get started, uh, this has been a tough weekend. Um, we were all saddened by the demise of Matthew Perry, uh, or as you all know him as Chandler from Friends. Uh, he really constituted a big part of my teenage years, I remember. In my friend circles, a lot of references were made on the series and it'll be difficult to imagine the whole friends group yeah. without, you know, that person who has that on-the-spot sarcasm, those hilarious jokes. Yeah, uh, I got really nostalgic today, uh, this morning when I heard the news. Uh, it is also a critical part of my growing up years. Uh, I mean, who has not watched friends at least three or four or five times right i mean there were the friends camp and the seinfeld camp and i belonged in both actually um although i do think friends is way better no offense to the seinfeld guys <laughs> but uh, yeah chandler was wit and sarcasm personified and i think matthew bought a lot of uh, authenticity to that character right uh, he had a very troubled life uh, so yeah, uh, uh, very tragic news. Anytime this happens, he was only 54 years. Um, so tough times, right? Uh, as uh, perhaps Chandler would have said, uh, you know, could we be more emotional? <laughs> All right, so let's get started. So in a recent podcast with former Infosys CFO, Mohandas Pai, uh, Mr. Narayan Murthy, who we all know as the founder of Infosys, he commented that, you know, India's work culture needs to change. The youth needs to put in 70 hours a week for India's development so that, you know, we can catch up on the progress uh, made in the past two and three decades. He further explained that India's productivity is among the lowest in the world. Now, of course, this suggestion was met with a lot of flack from techies, HR professionals, trade unions and gig workers. They argued that this was exploitation, illegal, counterproductive and infringing on fundamental rights. Hmm. So much so that Suraj Nidhiyanga, who is the General Secretary of Karnataka's State IT-ITS Employees Union, says, quote-unquote, it is only a thinly veiled endorsement of more inhuman exploitation of the Indian working class. Forcing employees to work longer hours would not only lead to physical and mental exhaustion, but also infringe upon their fundamental rights. Hmm. 
now that is not a light comment to make yeah so look i mean any nation right whether it's the us or south korea whatever think of any developed nation has had one or two generations really really struggle work hard uh, and and simply improve the circumstances right i mean you think of uh, the us for instance you have the greatest generation uh, the folks who lived in the 40s and the 50s thereafter right uh, i mean really worked their ass off right i mean you had them coming out of the depression and uh, all of the riches that we see today where you know the us is at a $70000 per capita hmm. it's not an accident right uh, and it's not people uh, working 30 or 40 hours a week i mean it's a lot of work by a lot of people to enable that and now i mean you can talk about work life balance and mental health and this and that and all of that but that's a luxury that was afforded by a good one or two generations that have worked their ass off right mm. um see in my opinion it's always success is equal to you know your uh, talent into hard work into opportunity and there's only one of those variables that you can truly control right which is hard work that's it you can only control uh, the amount of work that you put in everything else you know opportunity is a matter of circumstance luck mm-hmm. whatever you call it now naval says that you can maximize that and i do believe that right i mean you can do that to an extent but talent is uh, what you are born with right to a degree and what you work on so the only variable in that equation is hard work and if your objective again i say this with a you know bold and underlined right if your objective is to be the best at what you do right irrespective of whether that is it or sports or medicine or whatever else right if your objective is to be the best at what you do and to maximize your earning potential then you should really work your ass off right uh, and uh, whether you do this for yourself or you know whether you do this for uh, an employer or you know whatever else kind of format works best for you mm. do that right but if you are less than 30 years of age then really there's no excuse for you not to you know center everything you do around work right uh, work should really consume you because those are the best years of your life from uh, you know just from a responsibility perspective right if you're in your 20s people don't have too many expectations from you right uh, and your brain is fairly malleable right so if you find a great mentor uh, if you get to do good work um, you should just like iterate and double down really really double down mm. uh, it might sound like old fashioned advice and it's old fashioned for a reason right because it is true and it works you know so yeah. which is not to say that you should not hang out with your friends which is not to say that you should totally abuse your health which is not to say that you should not focus on family hey i mean all of those things are important too but you should kind of make them work right i mean you should just work it work harder now there are compromises to be made and i won't say that uh, you know you will be able to do all of these things equally well but you have to figure what is best for you at a certain point of time right so so yeah, i think it's uh, it's perfectly rational thing to say for uh, mr murthy and he has had support from you know pretty much all of the founders right i saw bhavish agarwal of ola as well tweeting in support uh, i kind of agree with that okay see uh, you're saying that we do need to work hard and of course that's absolutely right but the question here is it about putting in 12 hours a day right so that we achieve 70 hours a week or is it about being productive is it about improving your productivity mm. because let's put some perspective perspective to this what the 70 hour uh, work week looks like 
ट्वेंटी फोर आवर्स पर डे इफ़ यू आर वर्किंग सिक्स डेज अ वीक फॉर ट्वेल्व आवर्स पर डे रिमेनिंग ट्वेल्व आवर्स एट आवर्स स्लीप फोर आवर्स रिमेन इन अ सिटी लाइक बैंगलोर टू आवर्स ऑन रोड टू आवर्स रिमेन दैट्स फॉर ब्रशिंग पूपिंग बीदिंग ईटिंग नो टाइम टू सोशलाइज नो टाइम टू टॉक टू फैमिली नो टाइम टू एक्सरसाइज नो टाइम टू नो टाइम फॉर रिक्रिएशन नॉट टू मैंशन कंपनीज एक्सपेक्ट पीपल टू आंसर ई मेल्स एंड कॉल्स आफ्टर वर्क आवर्स एज वेल देन वी वॉन्ट वाई यंग पीपल आर गेटिंग हार्ट अटैक्स नाउ ओके दिस इज काइंड ऑफ अ वेरी satirical breakdown but think about it right we have i mean after the entire covid uh, lockdowns happened we all started focusing highly on mental well being on work life balance and stuff like that now again not to go too much onto the extremes of it nice saying that hey we should only work for as much as we feel like working but yeah i think the point which is being trying to made here was that you need to be more productive with mm. the time you spent mm. right and if i were to look back from mr murthy's generation okay yeah during that that time probably more time means more productivity right mm. but maybe that is not the status quo today and so and having said that right um a lot of my friends are working in companies like infosys wipro tcs and all uh they are being made to put in those hours of work but you and i we enjoy a comfortable life but there are many people out there working in these companies who are expected to put in these hours but they're not getting the worth of it so let them not work for those companies no who's holding them at gunpoint and asking them to work for them see it's a so like i said right you figure out the 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 employer you figure out the format whether you want to freelance or whether you want to full time or you want to moonlight etc you figure out what format works best for you right but it's not owed to you it's not something you are entitled to it's something that you have to work to sort of deserve right nobody just hands you a job of your dreams right right nobody just hands you your salary i mean you have to create some kind of value right and you have to figure what format works best for you now okay fine if 70 is not the number then work 65 hours 62 hours 64 hours i don't know right you figure what that number is for yourself right but the point of this and people do get hung up on the actual number right because yeah. sometime back i think the bombay shaving company guy also said or bombay shirt company i always get confused between one or the other right he also said that uh, you know as a young person you should work 16 hours a day or something and people were just so hung up about that as well right so hmm. look i mean the number is immaterial right you figure whether it is 70 69 68 62 whatever number works for you right uh but the point is to sort of center your life around work because these are the most important years from a work perspective right and uh, you know your trajectory after that really really depends on the foundation you build in your 20s yes. no successful person i have seen has not done that right hmm. no successful person i have seen has not done that especially in corporate or startups or whatever else right look i mean even a freak like sachin tendulkar right had to be the hardest working person in the cricket field to mm. achieve his dreams mm. right and um, i mean it really depends man i mean it depends like what you're really going for right um if you want to have more holistic experiences and if you want to make work one of those many things that you are focused on just go ahead and do that but don't expect that you know consequences will be to uh, everyone's uh, you know it, it won't be an equal outcome basically right because mm-hmm. i can't however smart i am however intelligent i am i can't outdo someone who is outworking me i can't do that right 
there is a time when you know it will catch up i mean i tweeted about this sometime back that you know quantity has a quality of its own right yeah no matter how productive you are no matter how much chat gpt and ai and uh, this and that you use right i mean if someone is just putting in like a even one or two hours every day more than you that's that compounds that compounds like crazy right mm. and any successful person i mean uh, does that so it's see again it's a it's a free world right do what you feel is right for you but uh, uh, mr narayan murthy is absolutely uh, right in saying what he said that's my opinion yeah okay what do you guys think <clears throat> let us know in the comments yeah. right i'm well, saving you i'm saving you some work <laughs> well um Moving on to the next topic, India might very soon have its own, or rather, have our own Starlink. In the recently held uh, Indian Mobile Congress, Reliance Jio launched the Jio Space Fiber, which is a satellite broadband service to provide high-speed internet access to remote locations in India. It's already available in Gir, Korba, Nabarangpur, and ONGC Jorhat, and of course, they're planning for nationwide expansions. and along with jio uh, airtel is also entering the satellite broadband market with the upcoming one web satellite communication service but while this is happening in the private sector there was a state owned initiative as well which i was not aware of it was called the bharat net project which was led by bharat broadband network limited or bbnl this uh, program aims to connect 7000 gram panchayats in india using satellite internet and after a successful pilot in arunachal pradesh in 2022 bbnl plans to expand the satellite services to other northeastern states as well now satellite uh, broadband of course has its own advantages it's you can get internet access any remote corner of the world but something that really slows down the adoption is the cost mm. right initially we just had starlink and um, if if i'm right i think to use starlink in india you have to pay a monthly fee of 90 to 110 per month which is almost 10 times the cost of broadband services in the country now the given that more players are entering this space competition is going to increase which might subsequently bring the costs down but at least till the foreseeable future i think just because of the cost of launching satellites and installing the ground equipments the end users will need to bear a premium mm-hmm. So, what's your take on that? What's the future of? It'll definitely get cheaper, uh, right? I mean, any new technology uh, early in the curve, uh, you know, obviously someone will have to foot that price of innovation, right? Mm. Uh, and we're early in that uh, in that curve right now, in that adoption curve, and so which is why I mean, you're talking about the costs that you're seeing. Uh, and by the way, hundred dollars is is not that bad, typically, right? I mean, if you think about it, you know, from uh, where it's being used and so on mm-hmm. right i mean whether it is someone who is uh, working from a remote ranch in uh, texas or whether it is you know a situation like the russia ukraine war or mm-hmm. something of that sort right i mean if you are in a place where there's absolutely no network uh, that 100 dollars could uh, mean life or death right for you or it mm-hmm. could mean whether you know you earn or not so i think on a need basis i mean that could still be fine right but although i think that cost will easily drop down right yeah. for sure right uh, yeah. given the number of satellites where you know uh, setting up right and plus i mean the cost uh, itself uh, coming down for every satellite launch so uh, for sure i mean that's going to happen i think it's it's great to have another option uh, you know i mean i think uh, the the greatest advantage with this is the mobility aspect right yeah. which is that you can move your router and pretty much set up uh, uh, wherever 
so so that offers a great deal of flexibility and you know given um, how remote has sort of flattened the world uh, a second time over right and given you know um, that maybe whenever virtualization kicks in um, to mass adoption we will need solid internet infrastructure right and this is what uh, is going to help us in uh, in yeah. that time yeah. right and and also i mean see right now the telecom market is essentially basically two and a half players right i mean you have airtel jio and then uh, v right <laughs> but uh, uh, so i won't be surprised if the government steps in on a few of these measures and does things of their own right like the vbn and thing that you mentioned yeah. hmm. so so the, yeah that's part for the course i think i mean just a hunch that i think they might do something hmm. yeah. yeah we have all spoken about the geo you know democratizing internet in the country hmm. but in the still today 40% of our country's population do not have access to internet and majority of this portion consists of rural areas being the most affected so yeah i think government initiatives like the bbnl will definitely step up things but i also think you know the primary use case for satellite broadband would be the armed forces mm. and um, given that they primarily operate in the northeastern states uh, jammu kashmir and neighboring areas i think over there they will be the ones who will be bringing in the whole adoption for the masses all right we have the first ipo coming up for this year wow. i mean first startup ipo coming up this year that's of mama earth and well um, there's a lot of chatter going on as to like how is the company valued whether the 10000 crore plus valuation is actually justified or not so let's try to break down the financials for you mama earth's parent company called hunasa they faced losses in fi23 this was primarily due to the company writing off the 155 crore investment it made in 2021 for acquiring momspresso a content platform Despite the losses, the company's operating revenues rose by fifty-eight percent, and in Q one of FY twenty-four, the company managed to turn things around and reported a profit of twenty-five crores. For the IPO, they've set a price band of three hundred and eight to three hundred twenty-four rupees, and this values the company at ten thousand four hundred twenty-three crores, or one point two five billion dollars. This is a seven x multiple on the valuation of FY twenty-three trailing revenue. And a 5.6x on FY24 run rate. Now, Mama Earth originally was an 1800 crore company, right? And it took uh, the founders of Mama Earth around seven years to build a 1800 crore company. And uh, now they pivoted to a house of brand strategy to further fuel, uh, to further grow the business. The company has six personal care brands under its umbrella. However, Mama Earth is the largest and the most profitable one among them. others include dermaco ecologica ayuga bblant and dr seeds and if you combine all of this their income is still not even half of what mama earth is doing hmm. right these brands have a lower offline presence and higher marketing costs compared to mama earth and mama earth of course has recently been facing a lot of competition from d2c brands now given this context what do you think of the 10423 crore valuation <laughs> well it's certainly better than the 15 or 20000 crores that uh, they were initially suspected uh, to have uh, you know asked for uh, right so yeah i mean some sense of uh, reality itself but even uh, even at this valuation right i mean it's it's not uh, cheap by any measure yeah. right in fact i mean if you assume that they will make 100 crores of profit Right, a ten thousand uh, crores. I mean, imputes a hundred x on price to earnings, right? Which is insane. Like, I mean, HUL uh, probably is trading at around sixty or seventy or whatever that is, right? And HUL is HUL, of course, right? 
um but uh, it's a it's an interesting strategy nevertheless right uh, that you know you are essentially a marketing and branding company right yeah. because all of the manufacturing is is all contract manufacturing they're working with the folks and sourcing it uh, right and they are shipping products at lightning speed at lightning speed you know uh, maybe a couple of years back they were at about 90 products a year they're now at about 250 plus products mm-hmm. right which is an insane amount of uh, but even on that right? I, i think we discussed this in one of our previous rounds when mamath pl- announced their plans for ipo um i remember we discussed that the top selling sqs are only like very few that's always the a- case right i mean see hul has about 40 years is or maybe more uh, uh, you know time in the market hmm. to sort of have those serious like hits in terms of their brands right i mean uh, whether it's ariel or whoever else right um so it'll take time right it'll it's always uh, going to skew in a pareto uh, distribution way right i mean it's going to be the top uh, your 10% of the brands that will make 90% of the revenue and so on that's always the case for any uh, recognized brand for sure right but um, the amount of product they're putting out uh, really makes me think that you know they might they might hit it out of the park with uh, you know a few of these right and then double down on that that seems to be the strategy actually right um so it's it's definitely interesting uh, you know i mean uh, closer to the ipo obviously they have reduced their marketing spends and so on it's gone down from 40% to around yeah. 33% uh, right and it has been going down as well now um, i don't know how the retail investors will uh, sort of look at this right because you know post 2021 uh, post uh, zomato naika paytm um, and all of those right i mean post all of that i mean people are uh a little you know suspect of uh, you know the the startup brands are such listing uh because you know of what was what happened previously right i mean a lot of offer for sale people liquidated uh and so on and kind of it, it seemed like as though they just dumped it on the retail investors mm-hmm. uh so so we'll have to wait and watch i mean i was just checking even a like a stellar company like idea forge right even their stock is down 50% yeah, yeah. from the time of mm-hmm. uh, listing right um not financial advice we don't want to oh, yeah, guys, uh, uh, we don't is... want to end up on the wrong side of sebi and <laughs> yeah. be one of those finfluencers you know <laughs> who, who get jacked by uh, sebi right i mean yeah <laughs> yeah i mean the funny thing is actually it was true but one of the finfluencers sebi asked him to return about 15 crores or something of that mm-hmm. sort or maybe more than that right Uh, the guy had a net loss of two or three crores on trading, right? And his main source of revenue were the courses. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, go well, figure. That's scary. I think we should be very careful of what kind of content. Yeah. We consume, but o- only hey, consume the yeah. best. Yeah. You know where you get the best content from. Yeah. Right here. <laughs> so there. yeah. Anyway, um, to wrap up this topic, Roshan, are you applying for the IPO? No man I I am spooked as well so I am not applying to any of these uh, um, startup IPOs for a while uh, right I mean um, I did I think the last startup IPO I applied for was Nike and yeah, I mean that I kind of <laughs> sold that at a loss I regret that um, right I mean and see all of these are interesting businesses but you know I just go back to what uh, Rakesh Junjunwala used to say right I mean what you buy is important but what price you buy is even more important yeah. um so yeah do your diligence and buy or not buy mama earth but uh, this is fantastic from a startup perspective i mean uh, wishing the the founders and the team all the very best 
uh, it is uh, definitely the start of another uh, fantastic journey and uh, yeah i mean look at uh, all the umbrella brands that we have right now right now right whether it's mensa or uh, um, the mama earth and so on so i think the the landscape of consumer brands will look extremely different you know going forward mm-hmm. um, nikhil kamath had put out a couple of episodes on this i mean i highly recommend checking out his wtf podcast mm-hmm. um, fantastic insights on brand building mm-hmm. yeah i mean i i like just a bit of a side side tracking here in the way this guy is so smart right mm. he calls the who's who of the industries takes a gyan from them and i'm pretty sure he then knows okay wh- where is the marketing and where to put in money yeah yeah right? amazing he already has a fund no i think a couple of WTF. funds or something true beacon true beacon wtf and so on wtf yeah. is a new fund uh, they announced uh, which we covered in the last round up so If you want to uh, explore more about what is this Nikhil Kamath's new fund, do check it out. Okay, moving on. Uh, Rapido is expanding its services to include hyperlocal parcel delivery as well as cab services, taking on the likes of Uber and Ola. They're currently testing these features in Hyderabad and plans to launch them in Bangalore and Chennai in the coming weeks. Currently, um, the ride-hailing market is dominated by Ola and Uber, and hyperlocal is dominated by Dunzo. But I don't think Dunzo is doing too well right now. Hmm. Um, but one stark difference you will see between rapido and the likes of uber and ola is that uber ola really focused on the tier 1 cities right whereas rapido after you know all that chaos happened of you know you don't have the permits to operate a you know bike hailing service they started focusing more on tier 2 cities and what really worked well for them are two things one is provide bike rides to daily commuters who don't have any vehicles and provide riders to commuters with bikes and help them build a secondary income model mm. now i think these two things are very finely tuned for you know the tier 2 tier 3 places and that's kind of why the strategy worked out really well for them but now um they are taking on the likes of uber and ola and not only that very i mean we are seeing a lot of companies like blue smart right who are differentiating themselves by offering ev fleets yeah so that's also another Space sh- we have to keep an eye out for, but what do you think of this development? See this ride-hailing uh, platform space, right? I think it's going to open up big time. Hmm. Now we've seen uh, Namayatri as well, kind of open this up, right? Yeah. Um, by the way, we spoke to Vimal, who's the co-founder of uh, Namayatri, on the podcast. The episode should be published sometime, maybe in the next month or so, uh, right? But uh, basically, I think this market, if you look at it. over the last 10 12 years i mean it was a two person market and uh, right now i think it's going to become a multiplayer market for sure right because one thing everyone has realized is it's not a winner takes all market right mm. uh, the moment uh, you know the rides are cheaper on ola i mean people will shift to ola the moment uh, you know there is more availability on uber people will shift to uber right mm. uh, and similar with drivers as well uh, if there are better incentives on ola i mean i will ride with ola and you know vice versa right so it's going to be a multiplayer multiplayer market and the whole app and platform itself has become a bit of a utility right now mm. you know it's uh, it's it's not it doesn't have that same shock and awe that it had you know in 2014 or 15 or mm. uh, even earlier right so there will be a lot more people in this and uh, they will have to you know fight the rules and regulations and figure out you know what to do with the policy and stuff because each state has its own reading of the this stuff right 
um and so there the federal structure may you know may not be very good for these folks right i mean they will have to invest in regulations and compliance and all of that but that's the cost of doing business yeah. i suppose um so we'll have to wait and watch but uh, from you know from a, just from a business perspective right i mean what is the business the business is number one aggregating demand and supply on a platform number two utilization right which is making sure that the rights are 100% occupied yeah. and number 3 is to increase the value of these rights right so um you know on all of these counts they will have to start doing things that you mentioned right which is that move into cabs which is higher value right maybe do hyper local yeah. which is to improve utilization so on and so forth so very so, sorry just just to add one point rapido is doing a very like kickass thing i would say mm. but not that i'm a big fan of it they are charging a premium for an assured ride <laughs> right yeah. well i'm um, not sure i feel about that because as you mentioned it's a utility right now right um, i mean if i just compare bangalore to mumbai no but that's okay i mean they should be able to charge you know a, 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 a something for an assured ride see because again right what is the what is the benefit you're deriving for that cost right i mean let's say i mean you're you're late for the round up right which you are <laughs> routinely right and uh, you need a uh, you need a ride immediately i mean you pay that 50 bucks here no, I, yeah i mean i, agree, I think that's one thing that you know consumers in india have to start doing which is pay for these services you right know? but i think this just sounds good on paper because mm. practically i mean think about it i will not if if i was uh, Uh, operating a yeah. auto fleet i would not accept rides until unless you're paying me a premium the consumer business entire... in india is going to be very very hard as long as people like gunjan exist but having said that even i hate paying for delivery so <laughs> yeah it's it's hard i mean that behavior shift will happen at some point of time mm. i suppose yeah okay you also mentioned about you know this policy and legislations right mm. i think in delhi they already passed a legislation saying that all mobility aggregators and delivery service providers need to switch to evs by 2030 right uh, the delhi motor vehicles aggregate delivery service provider scheme legalizes bike taxes and outlines regulations and mm. licensing of aggregators provided they are operating electric run vehicles so i think that's a very positive step mm. and um, kind of very soon other states should also follow suit is what i think i think pretty much all of the commute vehicles will become ev soon hmm. it already is happening okay now let's talk about some um, you know business performance stories specifically that of one card and off business so one card has increased its revenue from operations by 6.4x in fy23 they also spent 60% of its operating revenue on advertising promotional expenses in the fiscal year which resulted in a net loss of 405 cr on a unit level that means the company spent around 1.85 rupees to earn 1 rupee in operating revenue now one card as a company you know they had entered the unicorn club after a 100 million round which was led by temasek uh, in the same fiscal then they raised 425 million dollars to date and has been valued at 1.3 billion it is also looking to raise another 100 million dollar round without any increase in valuation mm. now just on the face of it it kind of comes across that ki hey i need to raise more money so that i can spend more on marketing and then again acquire new customers at a premium now let's contrast this with off business right that recently posted a uh, revenue of 15342 crores for fy23 their gmv or gross merchandise value grew by 114% 
and their profits rose by 130% to 463 crores. Off business was valued at $5 billion after a $325 million Series G round. Terrible Off joke. business was valued at $5 billion in uh, December 2021. And uh, Oxizo, which is a lending arm of off business, has also reported a profit after tax of 197 crores in FI 2023. Now, two different types of businesses and two very different business stories as well. Hmm. What do you think is going on here? Yeah, it's a study of contrasts, right? I mean, if you look at off business, I, I just absolutely uh, love their uh, business, right? I mean, they're, they're actually three businesses. So they have the the software, the financing and the, the marketplace, yeah. um, right? And uh, yeah, their, their lending business is doing remarkably well as well uh, that I hear, right? I mean, uh, and they've done all of this underwriting, everything from first principles itself. Uh, so kudos to them. I mean, we had... Uh, Vasanth, who is one of the co-founders of Off Business on the podcast way back when, maybe a couple of years back, um, we'll link to the episode. I mean, you guys should definitely check it out. It was uh, a fascinating conversation. Uh, and then we have one card, right, which is uh, well spending to acquire users um, and uh, having a flat round as well, right, at the same valuation. Uh, it's, it's just a, it's a, I mean, I guess like it's also a matter of... Um, it's it's also subject to the kind of businesses they're running, right? Which is that, you know, one card, BNPL has been hit really badly, right? They still have to acquire users, but at the same time, they have to be careful because the business and the unit economics is not that great, um, right? And then you have this other end with the whole manufacturing and uh, lending and so on, which is still very much, uh, you know, in demand, mm -hmm. right? So, so I suppose that is what it is, right? I mean, it might be slightly unfair to compare the both of these at this stage, right? Because both of them are, you know, different uh, parts of their journey right now at this point. So, so let's see. But I think overall, I like that there is greater emphasis on profitability, greater emphasis on sustainable growth, mm -hmm. uh, because those are the things that we have to chase, right? And, you know, the macro is uh, not that great right now. And people are uh, saying that, you know, for a year, year and a half, I mean, things are going to be pretty much uh, uh, around the same, right? Mm. So, which means that, I mean, these uh, uh, companies will have to work harder to save their dollar and make sure that, you know, they have runway to last this out. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, we hosted, um, you know, Anubhav of Rupify and Ajay of Housebank in our first uh, live show that we did. Uh, that episode is now out across all platforms. So, do check it out. Uh, they spoke fantastically on, you know, how to build businesses sustainably. Uh, so I'd highly recommend you check out that episode as well. Now, before we move on to the talk of the town section for this episode, here are some other fundraisers of the week. Ola Electric raised 3,200 crore rupees or $380 million in equity and debt funding from Temasek and State Bank of India. PMI Electromobility, which is an electric bus manufacturer, they raised 250 crore rupees or $30 million from Piramal Alternatives, which is the Piramal Group's fund management business. And SaaS startup Bluebirds has raised $6.37 million from Cornerstone Ventures and Capital to Be. Well, some really shocking announcements. <laughs> terrible, terrible <laughs> joke. Uh, Very electrifying yeah. announcement, fundraisers. Anyway, let me save you guys from... Uh, even more terrible jokes but uh yeah it's uh you know looks like the volumes have kind of caught up right on ola uh, i do see a lot of service issues though i don't know i mean if it's some kind of av availability heuristic or whatever that anytime i open my twitter you know i see a few of these issues on service 
um but uh, yeah the the volume seem to have picked up and uh, there are no news of uh, any blasts and uh, mm-hmm. accidents and what not yeah, yeah. so yeah remember yeah, this round us used to discuss um, you know this uh, scooter catches fire this ev catches fire yeah i mean it's good that we don't have that anymore thank god thank god really i mean because uh, that was terrible uh so but they're going to they're going to see some competition right i mean uh, heroes vida is uh, apparently doing really well hmm. um right early signs are that it's it's uh, caught on right hmm. uh, ola's price point is attractive though that's something that i think uh, they got right you know i mean it'll be interesting to see after all the fame to subsidy is gone um you know how they'll make it work so another 20 30k more and uh, you know maybe the big guys will probably come in uh and sort of tilt the scales in their favor right but uh, either way it's it's going to get uh, very interesting a lot of this stuff is also getting commoditized whether it's the battery and yeah. uh, other aspects of it right so yeah interesting interesting times for sure all right so for the talk of the town section uh, jason lemkin put out a nice series of tweets which kind of breaks down the freshworks business so freshworks hasn't been immune to macro issues but its bigger customers continue to grow and scale at an impressive rate it is at approximately 600 million arr today growing at 20% but the biggest customers are growing much faster here are five interesting learnings number 1 bigger customers keep growing but smbs have slowed number 2 leveling up product led growth to accelerate smb customers including more attention to on onbo- to the onboarding experience number 3 The big growth today is in the fifty thousand dollars plus or the hundred thousand dollars plus customers. Soon they will be the majority of the revenue. Number four, automation and AI is already a big deal. Over two hundred and twenty million transactions are automated in whole or in part. Number five, moved to a seventy-one percent annual contracts from fifty-four percent in twenty nineteen, as have gone more enterprises. And there are few others as well. Like for example, the NRR is being stable. uh then for almost every other saas leader freshworks has gotten much much more cash efficient the cash flow free cash flow has swung from minus 3% to plus 10% in just one year jason also predicts that by 2026 freshworks will be a 1 billion dollar arr company mm. now that's a i think that's not a very bold prediction but i mean it's just there in the numbers Yeah, I mean it's uh, SaaS compounds, right? And if you just conservatively uh, take the same growth rate um, and extrapolate it further, you can see the billion dollars uh, in hmm. the couple of years or more that uh, he he mentioned, right? Uh, what I want to focus on here is the phenomenal execution versus the macro. You know, people are right to be worried about the macro, but I do feel that you know it's. analysis paralysis right now for a lot of folks right i mean it's just uh, you know too much undue focus on the macro uh, impacting everything mm-hmm. right now at 600 million arr if freshworks is doing this right then your startup at a million 10 million 20 million arr really does not have an excuse right um unless it's it is one of those uh, extreme cases uh right where you are kind of selling to a market which has been badly hit and is not moving at all uh right i think the 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 place for you to look at is uh, on the inside right fix your sales execution um really build product improve product productivity cut costs all of those things right and get yourself in shape 
right yeah. um, because those are things that you can do something about you can't do anything about the macro right you can't go and fix interest rates or inflation right but uh, this is stuff that you can work on and uh, you know you could say that this is easier said than done but hey this is the only option available right i mean uh, you can only crib about macro for as long as uh, you know you can right um, but but this is this is very uh, promising because look at freshworks right freshworks is primarily smb yeah. right but now they're saying that you know they might become more enterprise than smb enterprise being defined as 50 or 100k uh, kind of customers right um and usually when the situation is tight uh, when the markets are tough smb has a shit ton of uh, churn right mm. but they have somehow managed to hold off the churn uh, i think that net uh, uh, net retention revenue right yeah. is basically showing up because the enterprise customers because the 50k and 100k's have gone up i mean it's hiding some of that uh, smb churn uh, very well but even so boosted the pricing they've increased the pricing yeah they've increased the pricing as well but yeah so those things might have uh, made up uh, for the nrr as such right but uh, otherwise it's it's a, it's a great story really i mean uh, the way they've been able to execute uh, is, is amazing right now the other thing is i mean if you look at freshworks is uh, valuation right now it's about hovering around 5 billion dollars which i would say is an 8 to 9 uh, sort of a multiple on revenue um and, and that is at public saas right so you can kind of think how it is for private uh, saas companies that have raised at you know 20x 30x 40x uh, you know over the last couple of years right i think private saas investing is going to be very very challenging because you know if a public saas player is available at uh, you know uh, eight or nine times multiple and i and i think you know eight or nine times is on the higher side you will find you know folks trading at five or six as well uh right then why would you invest at um, you know with more ambiguity at a higher multiple in private saas right i mean that's something that uh, i i don't know how it will be resolved right so you're going to see a lot of down rounds you're going to see not so many growth rounds in uh, saas for sure yeah but what i really like about uh, you know this story is how they have focused on the onboarding experience for smbs mm. because as you said right like your majority of the revenue might come from an enterprise customer but again selling to an enterprise is very different from selling to smbs right and what freshworks is doing is they are kind of focusing on content to capture that demand mm. have a self serve on a self serve uh, discovery and they are putting in their effort to onboard this customer which i think kind of helps with the churn prevention yeah no i think they have a nice plg motion going as well the 5k 10k customers apparently closed in about 20 25 days yeah. uh, right and uh, with those folks i mean it's all about the onboarding experience for sure mm. Awesome. All right, so that was a pretty long conversation, <laughs> but we hope you enjoyed the show. Um, from our side, there's one article would highly recommend you to check out, which is how Zapier grows automating growth. This is an article by Jared uh, Herman. He say he talks about the lessons on scaling to two thirty million ARR, acquiring three million users, and reaching a five billion dollar valuation with just. 1.3 million dollars in funding. It's a fantastic story and very very actionable insights as well. So this is on our recommended reading list. Yeah. Uh do check it out. Um yeah, if there are other things that you would like for us to do, let us know in the comments. Yeah. And also uh please subscribe to this channel, like this video, share this video so that you know more people like you can discover our content. And apart from that, if you want updates to be delivered straight into your WhatsApp inbox, do not forget to click the link 
in the description below all right folks and don't forget to follow us on social media uh, for regular updates and we'll be back again with more exciting developments from india's growing startup ecosystem in the next round up until then take care and have a great week see you guys